This Wolves radio update bringing in a bit of the latest from the ENS Wolves podcast. Let's say they don't make Europe, which I think is realistic at this point of view. Realistic. Let's, I hope I'm wrong, but let's say they don't. Let's say they beat Norwich and they lose the next three or they maybe get a draw and, and two defeats and, and a win and they finish eighth. Now, there's a big summer coming and we're going to come into that in a little bit. But if you're Fosun and Bruno was, let's be honest, before this run of defeats was, was up there, he wasn't going to win it. But I would say probably in the top three or four manager of the season with the way that he's come in and the way that he was, you know, he was performing at this moment in time. You've now got all that goodwill kind of gone with a lot of the fan base and people are uh, kind of saying, you know, is this guy, is this guy the right person to take Wolves forward? Do you, if you're Fosun, then trust this person with a rebuild if he wants to change formation, wants to change personnel and what is a watershed moment this summer, I think, potentially with recruitment and the way they're going to play. Do you give him free reign in this two, three, four person committee, I guess, to to make it a Bruno Large style team? It's and is get, that a risk? He's not going to get free reign. If, even if they were fourth, he, he wouldn't get free reign. It's just not the way that the club is run. Um Obviously, they'll be alarmed by what they're seeing, but I think I think I think they will look at the bigger picture and and think that nobody expected them to finish eighth this season. Um, and you look at their wage bill, which is the twelfth highest in the league. You look at net spend over the past five years, which is like the eleventh highest in the league. You look at the fact that they've got the lowest top scorer of any team in the league on six goals. They've got no regular goal scorer. They're the second lowest scorers in the league. No, sorry. Second lowest XG, fourth lowest scorers in the league. Mm. Can tell you working at Athletic there. XG, XG <laughs> reference took uh, took half an hour before that. That got mentioned. So, so when you look at that statistics, no, no goal scorer, no yeah. goals in the team. Yeah. Like I said, wage bills, wage bills twelfth. Mm. Um, net spend, their bottom half. When you look at all that, eighth, yeah. eighth is a great achievement. Yeah. And you can't get away from that. Um, you know, they might finish seventh, they might finish ninth, but pro- probably going to be eighth. Um, no one was expecting at the start of the season. A few people were predicting relegation at the start of the season mm. when an unknown manager came in. Mm. Um, so given that, given the summer window, do you remember, do you remember how, un- how annoyed oh, everyone yeah. was yeah. in the summer when yeah. they didn't make as many additions as, as, as their head coach wanted, which again has got to be taken into account. Mm-hmm. Um, happened in January again, but certainly last summer, yeah. people were furious with yeah. how the window went. Mm. And they'd lost the first three games at that point. So, you know, some owners might put a few quid in the bank at that. Whoa, we've lost the first three games. Let's, let's give the manager some more signings. Mm. The squad got smaller on the last day when they yeah. got rid of Gibbs-White. Yeah. So all, all that combined to finish eighth. I know fans are sort of, you know, desperately unhappy with the recent form. But Fosun will look, Fosun will look at the bigger picture, I think. Um, the worrying thing from my point of view is from a squad-wise, from a squad wise, you've kind of got the end of... Nuno's team coming to a natural end here. You've got Ruben Neves, who's going to be up in the summer, who, let's be honest, if he did get a big move and, and the way that Wolves operate, you couldn't really begrudge him it. You've got Jean Moutinho, who might sign a one-year deal, but, you know, he, he, father time's undefeated. You, you know, he's, he's, getting, he's getting older, he's getting up there, whether he signs or not. You've got Roman Saiz, who's probably not going to be at the club, potentially. Um, you know, a lot of these players, Raul Jimenez, who's not the same person, but have, they've carried Wolves through to get to this stage if they go or the majority of them go then you've got a massive recruitment and you've got to get it right because if you lose those players and that core of players who have known how to win games and be in big games and be in pressure situations and they know each other and how to play and you bring in a recruitment drive 
of along the likes of a Trincao and a Huang and these players haven't quite worked hasn't quite worked out yet then I think you're in deep deep trouble I mean they, they they need a refresh there's no doubt about that I mean every team needs a refresh to some extent once a year but we we, we say massive summer every year I, I was saying it been saying it on this podcast three years ago massive summer coming up they, they don't really they don't really do that um, you know I think what you'd say is if these players have been good enough to get Wolves into the top 10 and to 8 and have served them very well over the years why would you then get rid of 10 of them in one go mm. you know I know people get annoyed with Leander Dendonka and um, maybe Saiz to an extent and Samedo to an extent but they have got a lot of these players have got Wolves to 7th 7th and 8th in 4 seasons so to just dismiss them as not good enough and say we need to rebuild do you, do you rebuild when you finish eighth? I think I think that's that that's a bit dangerous, really. I think I think you take the core of what you've got and you. But you give them it. three, four year deals, which is what they'll be looking for at that stage of their careers, won't they? No, no. There there is a natural cycle, and and, and Saiz and Matinho and Cody mm-hmm. and um, and Jimenez, Bolly, um, wrong side of thirty now. So no, of course they're not going to get sort of very long term contracts. But I think it'll be gradual. I I, I really and from speaking to people at the club. That's the way that they're looking, and a three 0 defeat to Brighton won't change that. Um, that I just hope they have a smart summer in key areas. Um, I mean, they're looking to, for a start, they're looking to make the squad bigger, not smaller. So again, you don't want to be tossing aside your good squad players like Saiz, like Dendonka. Um, Saiz, we'll see. There, there are a lot of variables. That's what I would say mm. in terms of a the four at contracts which still haven't been resolved yet. I think they'd like to keep three of them. Um, Marcel, probably not as fussed about it, but they have offered, they have offered a contract to Saiz. So Saiz, Moutinho, Neves. Yeah, yeah. They're all different situations, obviously. They're not going to break the bank for Saiz. Mm-hmm. And he's keen for a good last deal of his career and has got a lot of offers from across Europe. So I'd say it's difficult to call, but more likely to go elsewhere than not at the moment. You never know. But he's not indispensable, is he, for Wolves? Matinho, see, he's different because he's such an important dressing room figure. But at his age, 35, he'll want he'll be pushing for two years. Would Wolves want to give him two years? Being one of the highest paid players at the club as well. One of the highest paid players, but still very influential. He's had a very good season, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Very solid. Um, maybe there's some kind of middle ground there where there's an incentive for the amount of games he plays, which would trigger a second year, that kind of thing. So there's that to be sorted. John Ruddy, I think, will sort of sort that'll sort itself out in the summer. Same as last year. Mm-hmm. He'll see what offers he gets and make make a call. Mm-hmm. But again, they'd like to keep him. Yeah. Myself. And he's got a good relationship with with Tony Roberts as well, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and everybody at the mm. club. And he's still a very, very important dressing room figure, which is not to be underestimated. And then Marcel, I mean, he was in the first team until recently, so you can't automatically say he's gonna go. Mm. But I think with Johnny and Ait Nori at left wing back already, um, and he's obviously his injury record is poor. I don't mm-hmm. think many. I think you know he's made a decent contribution this season, but I don't think many fans have been happy to see him go. Okay. So you've got those four variables. Then you've got Neves, you've got Traore, you've got you've what, got. What's your, what's, your, what's your take on the Traore situation with him going to Barcelona? You know this this ridiculous fee that they potentially agreed that no one's ever going to pay. Um, coming back one year, you know Scott Sellers saying that well we it's worked out. Well, for both clubs because he's put him in the in the stratosphere of, of other clubs having a look at him. What do you what do you make what do you make of it? I mean, for me, 
and you're looking at Wolverhampton Wanderers now, and I know he divides opinion, but I'm a, I've been a Triari fan, and you look at the team now, and you look at the way they're struggling, and you look at the lack of X factor. I mean, Adama Traoré will be playing games for Wolves now, and I think he would be building his value up rather than just being on the bench at Barcelona um, and not being used and being spat out. It's frustrating for me. I feel like they missed a trick, but what do you make of it? Because I can't see him playing another game for Wolves after this. I think we talk about how Wolves can't come from behind to save their lives. Um, him not being there in the second half of the season makes a big difference in that, really. You know, before he left, they had the fifth best defence in Europe, Wolves, at that time. In sort of January, February, the fifth best defence in Europe. Wow. Not the Premier League, in Europe. So, if they got the first goal in a game, that was it. They tended to hang on, didn't they? Well, not hang on, they saw three games pretty comfortably. Then, after Traore left, they coincidentally, don't there's much of a link, started to concede a lot of soft goals. So, what you need then is you need, you, you need a Dharma Traore. Because he stretches teams like nobody else in the Premier League. So they really could have done with him. Mm. And I understand why they did the deal at the time. I think it made sense. He didn't want to play for Wolves. That's the bottom line in everything here. I think you end every sentence on the Traore argument with he doesn't want to be at Wolves. That is obviously a massive factor. However... Is that because he just wasn't getting regular game time? No, I think, I think he, wants, he, wants, he wants a bigger move. Mm. He's, he signed up to George Mendes' guest view agency um, last year. You don't do that unless you want, A, a massive pay rise or a big move. Mm. Wolves did offer him a very, very good wage, which would made him one of the top earners at the club. But he didn't he didn't um, want to do that. He could have gone to Spurs, but didn't want to play at wing-back. Barcelona came calling. Great move for him. And it did make sense at the time. I thought it, I thought it was a risk at the time. Three weeks in, looked like it was a pretty, pretty good deal. Now, it looks like a mistake. And that's how it's going to end up because I can't see him get back in Barcelona's team now and making an impact for the end of the season. So what do you do? Do you sell him in the summer? You for try and sell him, but it's going to be reduced, isn't it? Well, you're going um, to look at probably around twelve million, something like. Well, that. what they really needed to do, mate, was sell him last summer mm. for a big fee. Um, Spurs wanted him. Nuno wanted him at Spurs. Um, unfortunately, Spurs weren't willing to make anything other than an embarrassing loan offer. If mm. you remember, yeah, sort of last do, yeah. August, terrible. That was the market, really. Um, but if the offers don't come in, then your hands are tied. And Wolves' hands are tied on this. And I hope they learn from it because they've got another situation, Ruben Neves, fast approaching, where he's got two years left on his contract. To a lesser extent, you've got the same with Morgan Gibbs-White, another saleable asset. His contract's up in two years. They've got to get this sorted. That's sort of Scott, Scott Sellers' main, main job now, him and Jeff Shee. Um, one of the key roles for this summer is to get either get these guys tied down or say we're going to sell you. Do you trust these guys um, to get it done? To get the job done? Have you got confidence in them from what yeah, you've seen so far? I would say so. I, I, this Traore situation is the only time that this has happened. Um, they've been pretty good on contracts. Most of them get five years and most of them hang around um, uh, either on long-term deals or, or are sold. They've mm. been pretty good. This is the first time this has happened. A lot, a lot of extremely high-profile players are out of contract this summer. Mm. You look at Chelsea losing, mm. losing two key players on Bosman's. It's not unheard of. So um, he's still got to, you know, you look at the Salah situation at Liverpool. Happens to every club. Wolves have done really well over the past few years to avoid this. This is the first time it's happened, um, but they've got to learn from it. But don't you, don't you think we're approaching kind of a watershed moment for a lot of these? There's some big decisions to be made and you've got to make, they've got, they've got to get, not to say all of them right, but they've got to get the majority of them correct. Perhaps. Although there, there is also a situation where they keep Matinho and they keep Saiz. Um, no one comes in with the appropriate offer for Neves. And it's the bulk of the same squad next season, but with hopefully some key additions. You know, 
the curveball is is sales. Mm. Um, yes, Neves, maybe Neto, although probably not given his form. Um, Kilman, saleable asset. Um, and then and then and then you've got the, the biggest curveball the Premier League has probably seen in recent years is, is Newcastle. Yeah. Where you know I reported a few days ago they were in for Cody and Kilman mm. in January, and I know that they were sort of casting a very wide net for centre halves at that time. It was Dan Byrne they ended up with, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. but still, you know, for that to happen, who's to say that they don't bid ten million, fifty million for Jose Sar? Yeah. If they're looking for an amazing keeper, yeah. If they've got Dubravka at the moment, yeah. is it? They can do that, and I know a lot of Premier League clubs are very worried about what the potential that, that Newcastle have got because mm-hmm. they can just blow anyone out of the water. Mm-hmm. They can unsettle squads. They can take teams' best targets away. Of Sven Botman, a massive, massive target for Wolves last yeah. summer. If he, he's gonna, there's no way that Wolves can compete with no. Newcastle over, over for him. I mean, you've, you've got um, you've got an expiring contract in Chris Wood, and they're just there. You go, there's your minimum free release. Mate, it's unbelievable. It's, so you can't do anything about it. So they are they are a game changer. Mm. So that's what I mean. You can plan as much as you want and say, look, Neves might be our only major sale this summer. But then, like I said, they can just come in and blow others out of the water. But I think, mm. from what I understand, the plan at the moment is to keep the core squad. Make some crucial additions in key areas, and you're probably looking at the spine of your team there. Um, try and add, and then react to sales, basically, as and when they, they happen. I mean, the other curveball, I guess, next season is that it's going to be five substitutes, which is going to it's going to definitely aid a lot of the bigger teams and the bigger squads. And with all respect to someone like Chem Campbell, you don't want him coming on, you know, as, as, as your first or second sub, if you're going to lose some of these players, you've got to, if you are going to lose them, you've got to add some quality and you've got to add a little bit of quantity as well. I think there's got to be a bit of leeway from Fosun. I understand the small squad, it's worked for them under Nuno. And yes, in February, when they briefly had a fully fit squad, they could leave Bolly out the 18, Mosquera, Chiquinho and Hoover, I think were all out of the 18 for that Leicester game when they very, very briefly had a fully fit squad. Mm-hmm. But let's be realistic, for the other 37 Premier League games, yeah. they haven't had the luxury. And at times, it's, it's really cost them. Um, and again, we talk about not being able to come from behind. That's part of it. Not having the squad, not having the subs. Um, so I think it's a really interesting summer. For me, defence is more important than attack in terms of additions. And I know that might sound weird when they just don't score goals. But I think if they could play four at the back... Um, and put an extra body further up the field. I think it would make a massive difference, personally. Um, so how do you play? Can you play four at the back without any additions? No. That's the issue. Yeah, I guess, you know, Neto, Pedence, Jimenez, Fabio Silva, Huang, they can all score goals. They can. The issue is um, they're not getting chances, and they're also isolated. Mm. I just, you see it week after week, they're isolated. Um you know, if you had Trincao cutting in from the right and he had a number 10 to link with when he comes inside, I think that would make a mass- just instantly make a massive difference. But he, com- he comes inside, there's either nobody there or Jimenez has come deep um, and then there might be an opportunity to cross the ball and Jimenez is still on the edge of the area. The amount of times the ball goes across the face of goal, across the six-yard box and there's nobody there. It's a, it's a numbers game. Mm. It's pretty simple. You play five at the back uh, and two sort of sitting midfielders who don't get in the box mm. you're not going to have enough numbers mm. that's the issue week after week so he wants to change formation we saw what he tried to do in pre-season I was pretty excited by that but he didn't have the players to do it um, it's a numbers thing I think 3-4-3 three, three hinders them 
in attack. And what they need is um, better centre-backs so they can play four and play a higher line and play with more intensity. And, and, and pe- people might people automatically assume you're kind of talking about Connor Cody there. But you can look at most of them for me. If you look at Willy Bolly getting turned by Danny Welbeck for that I mean, goal, they made Danny Welbeck look like an absolute world-beater. I mean, how many knees has he had? Yeah. New knees? Yeah. What is he, 32, mm-hmm. 33? Mm-hmm. Bonnie couldn't catch him. No. So it's, it's not Cody just... had a tough time with him as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kilman we haven't seen in a four, really. Yeah. Um, so would you say you need to get two centre-backs in, or would you say one of these three, four, if you account Sace as well, can, can play in that back two, and then you need to bring someone else in? They've got a lot of hope for Mosquera, and it's a real shame... They haven't really played this season because he's got all the attributes that they want from a defender. Real shame. Not, I'm not saying he's Premier League ready to. Start. He was an add-on though. Once he was, he was a young player. They're going to bring through. They wasn't. They wasn't being made to be Premier League ready this season, was he? So much. No, he wasn't. But if he'd have been in and out of the team this year as they'd hoped, then he mm. could have kicked on um, for next season. But someone yeah. like him, what you know, they want, and I think Lars has spoken about this publicly. They want a defender who can win duels, aerial duels, tackles, physical duels. They've not really got. Kilman can to an extent, but he's not that quick. No. They want to play a higher line, so they need a bit of pace. Mm. There are certain things that this team really lacks. Score goals at the end. I mean, how many goals are Kilman and Bolly and them scored? I mean, I know Cody scored a couple this season or three, but you know, they should be imposing guys at set pieces. I mean, don't get me don't get me started with set pieces and missing the first man. But at the same time, you get the ball in the box, they should be contributing at the other end as well. No, abs- yeah, no, they should absolutely. So I, that's the key area for me. Yes, yes, they could probably do with another forward. Yes, they could do some dy- dynamism in midfield and some pace um, and another option. Even if Neves and Matinho stay, I'd love to see another option there. But what they really need, for, and they've got good wing-backs slash full-backs, got a great keeper, got really good wide forwards. What they're really lacking is top-class centre-halves. We've been saying it for years, and it's cost them this year because Bruno hasn't been able to change formation. But if you imagine they play four at the back and then up front, for example, complete pie in the sky, you got Neto on the right wing, mm-hmm. Pedence on the left, mm-hmm. Gibbs White in a 10, and Jimenez up front. Now there's a front four. You can switch that around a bit, Huang, Fabio, whatever. But there's goals in that for me, especially if, if you've got a dynamic midfielder behind them. Isn't full-backs, that a, full-backs I mean, pushing on. I mean, Morgan White scored one Premier League goal. No, no, that's just an example. Okay. I just think what they really, really need is, is, is the back to get sorted out, very, sort itself out. Then it gives you more options going going forward. Yeah, and they've known this. They tried to sign Ruben Diaz in 2019. Yeah. They've known this for a while. They yeah. tried to sign Sven Bottman yeah. last summer. Yeah. Um, but, but it's not easy. And what I would say is it's tough for them. It is tough for them because if everyone else can offer Euro- European football and they can't, and Everton and Leicester and Newcastle are paying higher wages then it is a struggle for them in the transfer market. They've got George Mendes and they've got a pathway in the first team that players can see, yes, I'll get minutes at Wolves. Yes, I could do a Jota and go to Liverpool. So they do have those things on their side, but they are hindered a bit mm. by their wage bill. And if they're not in Europe, they're going to be hindered by that as well. So yes, it's, 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 I, th- I, think, I, think the, I think they'd like fans to be a bit more understanding of, of the limitations that they have in terms of budget and attracting players to the club. For the full conversation, subscribe to the ENS Wolves podcast where you get your podcasts as there's much more ahead as the season wraps up. This is Wolves Radio.